We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, for you personally? I think we ain't done yet. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Butting Heads Podcast, proud part of Bram Stock Radio on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Sierra Barrow, here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it's a big week for the Rams. Uh, a, what, I think one of your favorite Rams is back on the team. Uh, how excited are you for the second coming of the Luis Perez era of Rams football? You know something, man? I... I... I'm all for it. You know, I have no idea if he has a spot on this roster, but you know, why not? Yeah, I, I do hope that he he could find a spot, but uh yeah, I I it was a little bit shocking when I saw that. I have a feeling he's just gonna be a camp arm. Yeah, he'd have to put together one of the like greatest preseasons the league has ever seen to to make the team. Because they kept three quarterbacks last year and they're all here still. Yeah, I I would be entirely shocked if he's still on this roster, you know, by by the end of it all. But uh, uh, you know, I'm hoping for him. You know, if nothing else, I wouldn't mind him on the practice squad. Yeah, fine camp body. I wouldn't hate him on the practice squad either. So, part three of our schedule preview today, we're gonna be talking about honestly some pretty interesting teams. Uh, we both had the Rams at seven and two. After our last two episodes, if you missed it, uh, this week we're going to do the Saints, Chiefs, Seahawks, and Raiders. But before we get into it, uh, we were talking about topics of the pod today. I didn't really want to talk about Odell, but Johnny has not seen the Twitter rant he went on the other day. And if you haven't seen it either, I'm going to read it all the way through for you guys. This was about right after the news broke that Julio Jones signed with the Bucks uh, around the same time. This was yesterday, right? Yeah. So this was Tuesday. The podcast will be dropping on Thursday. So yesterday for us, it's Wednesday. So here's what he said. I'm going to break these up, Johnny. Tweet one, he said, God don't make mistakes. Next tweet, can't make no excuses for myself. I got to go get it. Next tweet, it's on me. 
do what I'm supposed to do. God will handle the rest. Next tweet. When you get what you want, that's God's direction. When you don't get what you want, that's God's protection. Then his next tweet was, thanks for the fuel. And he tweeted, I got time today. I swear. LOL. Please just let me be me. Then in all caps, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And then he tweeted, oh, and major love to all boys in camp at the moment. Y'all go crazy this year, man. Major, major health and prosperity to all. Be safe and ball the fuck out. And that was the end of the rant. Uh, give, me, give me your initial reaction to that. You think that sounds like he's coming back? You think that sounds like he's been spurned? Do you think he's just upset that a, another veteran receiver signed before him? Does this just mean absolutely nothing? I, I, I want the takes. Well, it sounds like he's bored. He definitely sounds like he's bored. That I mean, that's that's literally all that sounds like to me. I don't know if you can really get anything from that. Maybe the Julio Jones signing did spark a little bit of this rant, but I, I don't think anything really happened behind the scene. I don't think anything really transpired to maybe say that the Rams are being uh, or that he's showing more anger towards the Rams or to any other team in the NFL. I, I do think that he was hoping to be signed at this point. I, I don't even know if it's necessarily just to the Rams by, by any team, but from the sounds of it, it, it just, it's a lot of teams that are just unsure of, of his health condition because in reality, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to know how when this guy is going to be available until closer to his uh, return date. And from the sounds of it, November, December is what it sounds like. So <laughs> if that's if that's kind of the frustration, it makes sense. I mean, nobody wants to go from being like a you know Super Bowl, a, a nearly a Super Bowl MVP with the way he was going before he went. Uh, before he got injured, um, going from that to a guy that's you know rehabbing and you know just trying to recover and seeing you know every wide receiver being signed out there, so it, it just sounds like he's bored. He he's trying to you know hype himself up a little bit. Who can blame him? But I, if you're trying to get anything out of this, I, I think you're looking too hard. Yeah, today he tweeted no negative energy, so. You know, maybe, maybe he was just bored. Um, Julio signed for $6 million. The Rams have a little under $8 million in cap space. So, look, if you haven't offered him that, then then that's on you. Like, that means that you're you're not seriously trying to bring the guy back. Uh, I, If anything, I know there's no loyalty in this sport, but guy tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. Just give him $6 mil. I, I would hope that's already on the table and he wants more. But uh, it's just going to be a bummer if we wake up one day and he signs somewhere else. The only other team I could see him seriously signing with is the Packers. And there was a report today that they're not looking to bring in a veteran receiver. So, And the other thing is that at the moment they're not looking to bring in a veteran receiver. Uh, you know, they're not, that's not suggesting that they wouldn't be interested in, say, October or November. Uh, because that's really what this is. No team is ready 
to, you know, dish out some cash for a guy you don't even know is going to play in the 2022 season. So I I don't know if if Odell is just frustrated, but he has to understand the business side of it too because you can say that he's going to be ready by November, but no one knows that for sure. Not even Odell knows that yet. Yeah, when well, like and I I think we've touched on this on the 9,000 offseason pods we've done about Odell. I feel like the the longer we wait right now, the lower his value gets. But as soon as week one kicks off, his value is only going to go up. And you mentioned like the Packers aren't interested now. Like, yeah, they might be in November. You look at you look at contending teams. Like if the Chiefs have, you know, we're going to talk about them today. If one of their core receivers goes down, they're going to desperately need help. Maybe they bring in Odell. If uh. You know, if someone goes down on the Raiders, if someone goes down on the Chargers, if someone goes down, there's a lot of teams that if you're competing and somebody gets injured, it's worth taking a flyer on Odell. And in a perfect world, we could have him under contract, so we don't have to worry about that happening. But the closer we get, the the less likely it feels to me. But I still would say it's the most likely scenario that he resigns. I, I would say so too, but uh, the Rams also could use depth at other positions. So it wouldn't shock me in the least bit if they if they say, you know what, um, I'd love to bring back Odell, but he's just too expensive. Yeah, but also like, who's out there from positions and needs that they would go get right now? I, I feel like nobody. Uh, I mean, it depends on how much they were valuing Bobby Brown. Probably uh, not much. I, I mean, because uh, the I would... depth there, the depth there is like really, really thin. And then you're removing a guy that you were hoping to like gain some sort of traction. Uh, for those of you that aren't aware, Bobby Brown got suspended. Uh, it was for steroids, right? Yeah, I, something like that. Yeah, so he he was suspended for I believe six games, and behind him is just a bunch of unknowns. So I mean, theoretically, there are veteran defensive tackles out there, uh, you know, like a you know Sheldon Richardson, Linville Joseph, uh, even Nakamak and Sue. Uh, should they do that? I mean, this is essentially a backup role. That's another debate, but saying, you know, the Rams could use depth at the position because it's, it's paper thin. There's, they're one injury away from just like, damn, what are you going to do? Yeah, I wouldn't, I would not be upset if they brought Sue back at all. That would be pretty delightful to me. Oh yeah. No question. All right, let's get into the schedule preview. We're halfway through, as I mentioned before, we both had the team going seven and two. My my losses were to the Bucks and to the 49ers. You had the Rams losing to the Bills and who was the other team? The Bucks? Or I think you had them losing to the 49ers a second time. Something like that. It turns out Johnny was on mute. Johnny, you had him losing to the 49ers, I think, right? Yeah, it was the uh, the 
the Bills and the 49ers for sure. It, it was nice talking to myself for a while there. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. I, week 11, they're at the Saints. Uh, the last two times they played the Saints was the game we broke Drew Brees' hand and the game in the infamous NFC Championship. So it's been a while. We haven't played them since the pandemic happened. So the story of the Saints is, Johnny, the long nightmare is over. Uh, Sean Payton and the Saints parted ways this offseason. He hasn't signed with the team yet. I am hesitant to say he's going to retire because I feel like he will definitely be back in the NFL next year. But that's it. 16 seasons with the Saints is over. He finishes with a uh, .63 win percentage, which is pretty good. And uh, I think the most notable achievement he had, and let me know if you disagree, Johnny, Sean Payton is the only head coach in NFL history to be suspended for more than one game and one of two head coaches to ever be suspended by the NFL. Uh, I believe that's correct. Yeah. That's confirmed it today um and the only coach to be played by kevin james in a movie so just uh marred with controversy in that era just uh, the saints are moving on uh to to greener pastures to a coach um that as far as we know didn't disgrace the nfl with a bounty scandal and uh steve ribeiro couldn't be any happier (laughs) Whatever, man. I think he's one of the most overrated coaches in the history of sports. <laughs> he, he, I sure he won a Super Bowl. Um, what did he do since? He got a huge leash from that. And we just like gloss over the fact that he got suspended for a year for trying to injure players. Netflix made a fucking comedy about it. Like, it's a goddamn <laughs> disgrace, dude. Like, we just throw all the blame at Greg Williams. Uh, I mean,. That's usually how it works anyway, right? Like the majority of the time we uh, something that doesn't, you know, go in the favor of the fan favorite. Uh, you, you just kind of find a scapegoat and that's usually a coordinator. Well, listen, OK, these situations are incomparable. OK, I just want to put that out there. But we correctly canceled Joe Paterno after the Penn State scandal. Because that's true. He looked the other way. Correctly, he did. The guy deserves nothing. He deserves no praise. He should have been canceled. He was. He was erased from the record books. Obviously, this is a much, 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 much not serious situation than that. Yeah, I just want to. I want to reiterate that as much as possible. But even if Sean Payton was just looking the other way here, we kind of act like he didn't do anything wrong. Greg yeah, Williams, that's... we still. Anytime he comes up, he's still. Oh, the bounty guy. Well, yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, it's kind of funny to think that he was once the Rams' defensive coordinator as well. And not a bad one. Not, a, I mean, the bounty guy, I guess, but not a bad one. Uh, we'll talk about the Saints on the field. Uh, they finished nine and eight last year, pretty close to missing the making the playoffs. Just missed out. Um, would have been the eight seed if there were eight teams in the playoffs without Sean Payton. Dennis Allen steps in. Briefly was a head coach in his careers with the Raiders. He went eight and twenty-eight. Um, he's been the Saints defensive coordinator ever since twenty fifteen. Gets upgraded to head coach. Pete Carmichael, Peyton's longtime offensive coordinator, stays on as the offensive coordinator. So it's possible that not much changes from a coaching standpoint. I'm sure Carmichael was, you know, I I would say held back as a like a joke because I don't like Sean Payton. But um 
like could bring something different to the table, but I feel like that philosophy might not change that much. But it is there. This is one of the more I think, like, okay, correct me. I feel like this might be the most possible variance of outcomes for any team in the league is the Saints this year. Uh, they they bolster their defense a little bit. They bring in Tyron Matthew. They bring in Marcus May at safety. Um, on offense, they draft Chris Olave. They draft Trevor Penning, both first round picks. Uh, Penning off the lineman, Olave wide receiver. They sign Jarvis Landry at receiver. Michael Thomas is expected to be back. He practiced today. He's off the pop list. Jameis Winston's expected to be back at quarterback. There's an Alvin Kamara suspension looming. We don't know if it's going to happen this year or not. Nothing set there. I don't really like the running back depth chart without him. But in theory, if Jameis is healthy, this isn't a bad team. It could be a good team. They went five and two with Jameis as a starter, and he was throwing to nobody. Um, now they have a better receiving core. Um, oddly enough, Jameis, best known as the guy who threw thirty touchdowns, and thirty interceptions, threw fourteen touchdowns and three interceptions last year. Now the rest of his stats weren't great. He only completed sixty percent of his passes. He only averaged one hundred eighty-five yards per game, but theoretically if they're healthy they could be a good team um vegas kind of agrees with that they have them plus four thousand to win the super bowl which doesn't sound that high but it's the same odds as the raiders and the dolphins which i think is fucking insane um they're only plus 360 in the division now they're just interesting to me because johnny i feel like if this team won 13 games i wouldn't be that shocked and if they won three games i also wouldn't be shocked like, I don't know how many other teams in the league I could say that for. Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I'm not a big Winston fan, if I'm being honest. I I think that there are certainly worse out there, um, but he's I, I don't see him as this, you know, heir to the to the throne, you know, passing the torch down to him you know, from Drew Brees to, to, uh, you know, Winston, I never really saw him like that. I, again, I think you could do worse, but I, I just don't think this is the guy you're going to win with at least not much. Well, I think to me, it's like out of all the players, when you look around the league and you look at the quarterbacks and you go, well, that guy's not the long-term solution. There's a lot of them. I feel yeah. like he's the best one. Like, would you take him over Baker? Cause I think I would. Yes. Yeah, like I would take him over <laughs> Baker. I would take him over Trubisky. Um, I would take him over Wentz. I would. Pro- I think I would still take him over Goff. Um, Matt Ryan's I not. I don't know about that one. You'd rather have Goff? I think so. Yeah, that's a tougher one, but I don't know. I don't. I know. I, I like Goff though. Like I, I feel like he gets a bad rap, uh, especially after Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl and he couldn't. But uh, but uh, that being said. I mean, you're talking about Super Bowl here. He at least took a team to a Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and Jameis doesn't come close, but in his defense, it, nope. the situation's never been there for him. And I don't think it is this year either, but, like, I could see a world where if everything goes right for this team, they could win the division. It's possible. I think a lot of it has to do with what Michael Thomas is going to be out there on the field, if he can actually be on the field, you know, Um, if this is, you know, Michael Thomas, that's 100% healthy and returns to form. 
this can be a very scary offense. Like I, I, and then of course, you know, if Kamara doesn't get, uh, doesn't get, uh, you know, suspended either, that's a, that's a big thing as well. But, um, you know, th- this could be a very, very daunting off. But that's kind of the thing is that's a lot of ifs going into the season. And some things may catch, like maybe uh, maybe Michael Thomas does become that scary weapon again. And, you know, I, I don't know. Like for me, it is someone – It they are a team that you should not overlook by any means. And uh, I think we'll learn a little bit more after, uh, you know, after the first few games into the season. Yeah, and they, like, they signed Mark Ingram, or they traded for Mark Ingram to back up Alvin Kamara. I don't think he's good anymore. And I think if they're, like, behind him, they've got, they got, they just signed Malcolm Brown the other day. Like, um, if there is a Kamara suspension, I don't know. Like, I wonder if they would take a chance on one of these, like, Big name, not that good backs. They brought in David Johnson for a workout, and they didn't sign him. Um, if I'm them and Kamara gets a 10-game suspension, I'm I'm trying to trade for Dearness Johnson on the Browns. To me, that's the move they make. Um, but I don't know because, like, obviously you can't replace Kamara, but you definitely can't replace him with these bums. Like, the this is one of the worst back, backfield depth charts in the league, which is crazy because I feel like there's so much – running back depth around the NFL to go around. There's so many capable running backs. Um, like Justin Jackson is like the, what the third string running back on the chargers now. Like, and you're, you're trying out Mark Ingram's corpse as your backup running back when you have one of the most volatile, um, running backs recently, but it's just classic saints, man. They just, they, they have their guys, you know, Taysom Hill's still on the fucking team. Like, it's just an insane organization. But that being said, man, if everything goes right and he doesn't get suspended this year and Michael Thomas can stay healthy, even if Thomas is like 80% of what he was at his best, if Olave can play, that those two plus Jarvis Landry, that's a, that's a legitimate receiving core um, and something that Jameis, who I think is capable, not that capable, but like if if this new Jameis where he doesn't turn the ball over that much is real, they can make some noise. I mean, that certainly push for the playoffs, maybe make it. Ultimately, I think they probably do finish around what they finished last year. But um, there's certainly a ceiling for this team and certainly a floor because it could all crumble very easily. We're talking about a lot of ifs, like you said. Yeah, and, and I think you said the key word uh, the, or the key players rather there. Um, I, I, do, I do like Jarvis Landry a lot. I think a change of scenery for him is going to be a good thing. Um certainly better than what he was seeing in Cleveland. And we've seen, you know, when players leave Cleveland and go to a better situation. <laughs> and then um, Alave, I think, is is one of the better receivers in this year's draft, uh, if not the best receiver in this year's draft. So um, I, I think the Saints really scored with Chris Alave. So um, all, all things considered, man, I, I think this is definitely – an offense that could be very brutal if uh, if things you know go in their favor. Yeah, they need Olave to be good, and I think keep defenses honest. Like he doesn't need to go for twelve hundred yards, but I think because Thomas and Landry, I feel like they kind of do a lot of the same stuff. Um, Thomas obviously at his best is way better, 
but we don't even know if he's going to play. It seems like he's going to play, but it seemed like that last year too. So, uh, I don't know. The The Rams are 3-1 against the Saints under Sean McVay. They haven't played him since 2019, though, as I mentioned. Um, yeah, I think the Saints could be okay this year. It's In New Orleans, it's a tough environment. Um, so I, I walked my prediction back a little bit. I'm going to take the Rams 47-3 to here. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. What the fuck are we doing here, man? I got to give the listeners what they want. I'm not 40- picking this to be a close game. It's the fucking Saints. 47 to 3? Damn. You know what? You know what, Steve? I encourage you to actually make a Vegas bet on that one. Because if you are right, I think you're gonna win a shit ton of money, man. I I, I really encourage you to do a Vegas bet. I made a uh I made a spite bet after a really bad Sixers loss in the first round this year. Um I bet them to win by 15. <laughs> against the Raptors in a playoff game, and they won by, like, 30. And I won the bet. It was hilarious. Dude, do it. Do it. I'm all for it. Um, I doubt it happens, but you know what? Uh, For you, Steve, I hope it happens. Um, As for me, I I definitely am going to agree here with the win. I think the Rams do win this one, although I do think it's going to be a little bit closer than what Steve is predicting. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say a 30. I'm going to give a weird one. I'm going to say 33 to 22 victory for the Rams. I, I I promise I will make a bet. Maybe not a big one, but I'll make a bet on this game at the Rams with my 20. I'm not, I'm not going to make a bet that they win by 40, but I will bet them to blow them out. What about 44 points? <laughs> I will not be doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move on to the Chiefs. First time playing the Chiefs since that famous Monday night game in 2018 that the Rams were able to pull out. One of the best games of the aforementioned Jared Goff's career. Here's the most insane stat, Johnny, looking at the matchup history before against the Chiefs. Did you know that the St. Louis Rams lost to the Chiefs every single time they played? That I did not know. Before that... we won in, in 2018, our last victory against the Chiefs was 1994. We lost six straight times over in St. Louis. Damn. So is that why they held the Governor's Cup in, in uh, during the preseason? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah, this... Your your same state rival, you lose every fucking time. 
so that's rough. Is it um, really a rival at that point? Nope. They never were, clearly. Um, obviously, with the Chiefs, last season they went 12-5. and They had a monumental collapse in the AFC Championship game. It was their fourth straight AFC Championship game appearance, so I believe they made it every year. Pat Mahomes has been the starter. Business as usual for this team, man. They're, they're juggernaut. Last year they were third in yards, fourth in points. Um, defense was bottom 10 in yards allowed, but top 10 in points allowed. So they're better than us in that category. Big news for them, though, is they traded Tyree Kill, send to the Dolphins. They got a massive war chest of draft picks. They 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 bring in so they, they also lose to Marcus Robinson, which I mean doesn't really matter, but no. they bring in Juju Smith Schuster, they bring in Marquez Valdez Scantling, they draft Sky Moore. These are all new targets for the Chiefs. I think they lost Byron Pringle too, which again, I mean, him and Demarcus Robinson don't matter that much. Uh, and I, I believe Nicole Hartman is still there. But when you bring in this new rotation of guys, obviously Travis Kelsey is still there. There could be chemistry issues, but my question to you is, like, does it fucking matter when your quarterback is Pat Mahomes? No. Yeah, not it at does all. not. <laughs> and that's why, like, when I, when I see people predicting the AFC West, which good luck because that's one of the most unpredictable divisions in football, if not the most. And uh, people, I, I see people a lot underrating the uh, Chiefs because of the loss of Tyreek Hill. And don't get me wrong, that's going to be a big blow because he was a big part of the offense. But again, I feel like, you know, the Chiefs will be in a better standing than the Dolphins just because of Patrick Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes is is kind of the glue here. You know, Tyreek Hill was was a weapon for sure and somebody that, you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes will miss a little bit. But, you know, that being said, the Chiefs still have weapons. Uh, it'll be a little bit different of, of an offense, but I, I think that this is still a very potent offense that teams should not underestimate. Um, yeah, I, I think this is still a very good team. Yeah, they've lost... Tyron Matthew, Alex Okafor, Traverius Ward, uh, Daniel Sorensen, Darren William, Daryl Williams, Melvin Ingram this offseason. And Juju was really their only big signing. They also brought in Ronald Jones, but like not that big a deal. Um and they're still Vegas still has them plus a thousand to win the Super Bowl. That's the third highest odds, just a little better than us. Plus one seventy five to win the division in a loaded division. So yeah, it's like it feels like people aren't picking them to win, but they're kind of turning into like, you know, the the Spurs of the two thousands, where it's like they're not a sexy pick, but like you know they're in the mix. Uh, it's hard to doubt them, and they're kind of like us in a way where it's like I, we just mentioned all those starters they lost, and we're sitting here like it doesn't matter. They're the Chiefs. Um, you know, we do that every year on this podcast when we talk about all these guys the Rams lose in the offseason. We're like, well, we got whoever, we got players like. Somebody will step up. We trust the regime enough to get it done. We never lost somebody as big as Tyree Kill. You know, we nope. spiritually lost Todd Gurley, even though he was still here. I would say that's the closest thing we had, sadly. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm still in on the Chiefs. Uh, and it's one of those things there's not much to talk about. Like, this is going to be a contender. They're not. The- I mean, when you have arguably one of the best coaching staffs in football, you, you tend to have a lot of faith in them. 
you know, I, I'm a big fan of Andy Reid. I, I think this guy is, is a legend for a reason. Um, and when you have that paired with one of the better quarterbacks, if not, you know, one of the top three quarterbacks in, in football and in, in, uh, in Mahomes, you know, that it, it's really hard to go against that, you know? Yeah, it's one of the best coaches of all time coaching one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You know, obviously today we're not ranking Patrick Mahomes as best quarterback of all time, but in theory, if he, the weight, the level he's playing at is historic in his first four years. If he continues to do this, he could, he will go down as one of the best handful of quarterbacks ever play. So I don't think it's hyperbole to phrase it like that. It is a historically good situation. There's just, like I, I, there's nothing to to be afraid of here with this team. I we're going into Arrowhead. The fans will remember the last time we played them. I got the Chiefs winning in another shootout, thirty eight to thirty five. I think the Rams take a loss here. I don't think anyone loses sleep about it. This is a incredible organization. Take an L, I'll move on. I, what do you got here? Yeah, I also do have the the Rams losing here. And to tell you the truth, if they were in SoFi, I probably would give them a better shot. But um, I, I think home field really matters here because, uh, I, I mean, this is arguably one of the better, you know, fandoms, and especially in, in stadium elements here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any question here that uh, that you don't want to play against the Chiefs at home. You You really don't. And in the end, I feel like it'll be a close game, but the Chiefs end up uh, winning this game, sadly. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, 31 to 27. If it's half as fun as the last time we played him, man, it's okay if we lose. Okay, so we, after this, we both got the Rams, what, 9, 8, or 8 and 3. Going into week 13. Seattle Seahawks coming to town. Uh, last season, they were a bottom 10 passing offense. They respond by trading Russell Wilson. Um, they receive Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first, two seconds. Uh, I was going to ask if it's the right call, but I don't think it really matters because the situation had run its course and Russell Wilson wanted to leave. And you're not going to hold the most important player in the history of your franchise hostage if he doesn't want to be there. Um, but do you think it's a good haul? I mean, it seems like this is a great haul for a 33 year old Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, I, I think it was, it was the right move. It was the right time to, um, and, and clearly the Seahawks, even, even if they were, you know, in line for, for a better season, they weren't going to get it this year. This is clearly a rebuild year. So I even like the idea that they didn't try and force a franchise quarterback in the NFL draft. Also, I thought that was a brilliant move uh, because no matter who they picked uh, with their with their uh, draft picks at, at quarterback, they were not going to be that great. This was not a good draft class for quarterbacks. And rather than, you know, just kind of forcing it there, uh, they're going to. Um, wait another year to kind of get their right guy there and uh I, I think that was brilliant because why why invest in a quarterback that you probably know won't be your guy at least not right away so 
Um, in the end, is Drew Locke the guy? Hell no. Is, uh, you know, would they're going to go anywhere with, with Russell Wilson, who's a much better quarterback? No. So um, I think they got a nice little haul. It just really depends who who they have, uh, you know, throwing the football in the next year or so. Yeah, and so that brings, like, I, I agree on the draft thing. You know, they didn't. there's no need to force a quarterback. But I will ask you this. Do we think the quarterback who starts against us in this game is on their roster today? Because this game? This game or week one, I mean, Jimmy G's still out there. I think the rumors are, are rumbling that this could potentially be a home for him. I mean, it's pretty much his only home today, barring injuries to other teams. But, like, I... I I suppose it depends on if the 49ers want to get realistic here. Let's say if they still hypothetically, if you're the Seahawks and the 49ers call you and say, we'll give you Jimmy Garoppolo for a fourth round pick and we will eat a bunch of his salary. Would you oh, do, I'd it? do it in a heartbeat? I don't yeah, think, I don't think heartbeat. I would do it. I, I, I would. I mean, what's a fourth round pick. And, and, and at the same time, I, I don't think that's what the 49ers are, are looking for here. Um, they, they were saying, I mean, at least this was at, at the, at the very beginning of the off season that they were wanting, you know, first round talent for the guy. And I'm like, dude, you're not getting a first rounder for well, Jimmy. So G. Did you see the report the other day? It was like the 49ers have given Jimmy Garoppolo and his agents permission to seek a trade. Like what the fuck were we doing for the last six months? Were we not yeah. seeking a trade? <laughs> <laughs> like what it, it's such a weird situation it really is and i and maybe um maybe this is their realization maybe we're not gonna get anything for the guy uh but you know if if all they're asking for is a fourth round pick i you know say what you will about jimmy g but i'd take him in a heartbeat over drew lock i would take him over drew lock and geno smith obviously but like <laughs> I just, like, if I'm Seattle, like, I don't want to talk myself into the illusion of Jimmy G. Like, if he comes in here, what's the best case scenario? Nine wins? Um, yeah, that maybe. Like, now, now you never know because you look at the roster. Like, they have legitimately good players in offense. Like, DK Metcalf is good. Tyler Lockett is good. No fan is probably good. Uh, Rashad, I like yeah, I, I like him. Um, and I think I'm underselling how good DK and Lockett are as a one-two punch. Uh, and I think Rashad Penny fucking rules if he's healthy. Uh, I think the guy's a monster. So if healthy. yeah, if healthy, we'll see. Um, but if he is, I mean, he was crushing it at the end of last season. And so it's like, I don't know, like it, it could be a decent offense if you stick Jimmy in there. Um, but I don't know. I do you have any faith that this offense could be league average with either the quarterbacks on the roster with Geno Smith or Drew Locke? To be honest, I have more faith in them with Geno Smith than I do with Drew Locke. I I uh, do too, and it seems like Pete Carroll does too. Yeah, I mean Drew Locke. I feel like they just threw him in there. Uh, but yeah, I, I have a feeling Geno Smith is going to be the quarterback for this year considering they don't make a trade. But, yeah, it's – do I think that their offense is going to be amazing? No, no, not at all. Not with these two at quarterback. Um, but, you know, at least with Geno, he has 
a little bit of mobility. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like with your lock, it's kind of like some of these guys are like, well, maybe it's a bad situation. I feel like if you're throwing the ball to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and Noah Fant, that it's probably not a bad situation. Nope. <laughs> like, so we're putting Russell Wilson in there. I mean, there people are talking about this team as one of the favorites in the division. They're, they are like double the division odds as the Raiders, and the Raiders made the playoffs last year. So it's. I don't know. I Seattle, they're plus fifteen hundred to win the Super Bowl. Um, I think the best case scenario for this team is if they win one game and get the first pick. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I think it's it's never a bad thing if you make the playoffs in the NFL, but I don't know like the the best case scenario that making the playoffs is maybe it makes them look like a sexy destination for whatever quarterback wants to trade next season. You know, it's that's all it really does. I don't know. I, I, I don't think they're good. And I, if you add Jimmy or any other quarterback that's currently available, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm honestly kind of surprised that Pete Carroll didn't just retire. He's 70. Why is he coaching this team? <laughs> well, to be fair, he got he got a damn, he got a um, a damn good, uh, you know, contract. So, I mean, in his 70s, you know, make all the money you can, right? I guess, but I mean, dude, this guy has been coaching. He went from USC to here, um, has had it. You know, you could say what you want about what the the Seahawks have done since they won the Super Bowl. The guy's had a f- immense success in both stops. Um, and he kind of, like, similar to Sean Payne, he won a Super Bowl. He turned around a poverty franchise, but without the scandal, you know? Um, and so, it's like, I, I don't know. I think I... Yeah, you make some more money, sure you're seventy, but I don't know. I like it. It's just like it seems like it would make sense to bring in a new coach, but maybe they don't want to bring in a new coach until they have their new pieces in place. All I know is the Seahawks' motto for you know the twenty twenty two season is uh, take for tank for Tanner. <laughs> yep. Um, I got the Rams winning 20 to 10. It is a weird divisional game. I'm not going to predict them to blow them out, even though I think the Seahawks suck. What do you got? Uh, yeah, the, uh, even though we were kind of like shitting on the Seahawks for a little bit for a good reason, um, they're still a divisional foe. And while they're probably going to be at the bottom of the division, not probably they will be, uh, this is a team that you still don't want to overlook because, like every other team in this division, they they play each other extremely hard. And uh, I, I imagine the same will go this year. So I do think the, the Seahawks will challenge them a bit. But I think in the end, the Rams will have a, you know, kind of commanding lead in this one. I, I'm going to say uh, 40 to 24 Rams. I think Seattle, like it wouldn't shock me that next year if they're like kind of like the Lions were last year, like going to win like four games but they're not going to be that bad um like the they'll surprise some teams they'll they'll play a little hard i don't know but i i can't imagine them winning a lot of games i'll also predict a uh a pick six from bobby wagner hey there we go <laughs> and uh also before we move on 
Uh, Got to give a shout out to Chris Carson, who unfortunately had to retire uh, because of his neck injury. Uh, you know, he may have played for the, a divisional rival, but had a lot of respect for Chris Carson. And it's it's a shame because I think he was uberly talented. He just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, he had, for an undrafted free agent, man, he had a great career. Um, accomplished a lot. You know, th- by NFL standards, didn't make that much money. But by us standards, made a shitload of money. Uh, and I'll I'm take gl- his contract <laughs> in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I'm glad he's, uh, you know, putting his health first. It seemed like he's been trying to play, but it's like anyone reputable seemed like it was he was very far away. And just, you know, man, just, just call it a career. His life after football. Um, Seattle will love him forever. So I'm sure he will have plenty of opportunities to be around. Yeah. But yeah, it, one of my favorite Seahawks too, for sure. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, last game for the week, week 14 on a short week, Thursday night football, the Rams take on the Las Vegas Raiders at home. But Johnny, what do you expect the split in fans of this game to be? As much as I hate to admit it, I, I know that there'll be more Raider fans than Ram fans in this game. This is the Raiders' first time at SoFi, right? Yes. At least in regular season. Yeah, I'm going 75-25 Raiders. I think this is going to be a, a tough one. Just to be clear, he's he's not talking about the score. He's talking about fan ratio. No, 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 no. Um, And, yeah, it'll pro- we're going to get made fun of by the media, by Twitter. But, like, listen, man, we know the Rams have grown as a fan base. I'm proud to see how much it's grown. This is still going to be a tough one. And, luckily, this game only happens every couple of years because this is a very popular team in L.A. And Vegas ain't even that far. It's uh, really not. <laughs> it's really not. Let's talk about the Raiders, man. They miraculously – through a chaotic and tumultuous season with the John Gruden drama, um, made the playoffs. Rich Bisakia, did I pronounce that right? Uh, the interim coach led them to a 7-5 and five record. They beat the Chargers in overtime in a Week 18 play-on game, uh, a result that all of us were devastated about not getting the Chargers in the playoffs and getting the fucking Raiders in the playoffs. Uh, but credit to them. They did it. They made the playoffs. Despite the Coach Rich writing the ship there. They did choose to move on. They bring in Josh McDaniels. What are your thoughts on that hire? I honestly, I I can understand it. I can because uh, Josh McDaniels is the sex, uh, sexier name. And uh, 
I think they basically it's more of a marketing decision than it is a good decision in my opinion um because i feel like one of the reasons why the raiders uh you know transitioned so well from john gruden is because with rich he, they they had things going for him you know um he had the respect of his players and and in the end i i feel like that's what matters most and I don't know. For me, if 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 I'm the Raiders, I probably would have stuck with Rich. Uh, but at the same time, I guess it wouldn't hurt to have Josh McDaniels either. I mean, he does have an impressive resume as an offensive coordinator. Not so much as a head coach, though. Yeah, I think he's a fraud of the highest proportions. Um, <laughs> and I like a lot of players in the Raiders, so I, like, I kind of hope I'm wrong. But I don't know, man. He went to Denver. He got in a fight with his franchise quarterback. He traded him and moved on with Kyle Orton. He drafted Tim Tebow. He got fired. Then he came to the Rams. He did a horrible job as offensive coordinator. He was fired after one season. And then he just went back to Bill. So that's all he's done outside of the Patriots. And, um, like, how much do we think the offensive coordinator matters in New England? They're trotting out... Matt Patricia as their offensive coordinator. He's a defensive head coach. Like, I think it just proves that maybe it never really mattered who the offensive coordinator was in New England. And so I'm really curious to see how this goes because this is a pretty loaded team. And, like, I think if they're not good, it's on him completely. You know, I think, like, yeah, I, I think coaching, like, it matters to an extent especially in football, it matters more than other sports. Like, the pieces are in place here. You know, we can talk about how good we think Derek Carr is in a bit, but he's clearly, like, talk about, like, Jameis might not be good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think Derek Carr clearly is good enough to win a Super Bowl if the team around him is good. Um, he is certainly near the bottom of the list of guys who are good enough to do that, in my opinion. But they bring in Devontae Adams. They bring in Chandler Jones. They don't lose a lot. Um, they bring Kenny Young. I had to note that too. And so like this team, it's in a tough division. You know, it's going to be a dog fight for them to make the playoffs because they have to play the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Chiefs twice a year. And um, then they play the NFC West. So they have to play us. They have to play the 49ers. They have to play the, the Cardinals. It's going to be tough sledding. But like I, this is a, I, and what's crazy is I feel like if, the Raiders aren't that good this year. I don't think people are going to blame Josh McDaniels. I think they're going to blame Derek Carr. And I don't think that's that would be their correct call. Uh, see, that's that that is a tough call because I I am inclined to uh side with you in in regards to um people not you know putting their attention on Josh McDaniels should the success not be there. And, and and part of that too is because it's technically Josh McDaniels, uh, well not technically it is Josh McDaniels' first year, so I think that's why he'll get more leniency than with Derek Carr, because this has been really Derek Carr's team, uh, you know, ever since he got drafted by the Raiders. Uh, so, you know, he really only had that one season where he was just absolutely lights out and then he had and he's had some pretty good seasons here and there like last year was a good example of that uh but yeah i i i do agree that josh mcdaniels will get the benefit of the doubt but yeah um 
I, I think that Derek Carr would also have to, you know, take some of that blame too, especially because even if the offense isn't that great, uh, you, you still don't have a ton of excuses for, for a guy like Carr when you have that many weapons. You know, you have arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league in Devontae Adams now. Hunter Renfro turns, turned out to be a beast. And then you have one of the better tight ends in the league in Darren Waller. So if you cannot succeed with that, I I don't know how confident I would be in a quarterback that can't succeed with, you know, that many weapons, you know? Well, to me, you know, they have this theoretical offensive mastermind at the head coach now. So well, let's see what happens. Um, uh, he's not. He's not. <laughs> agreed. But. I could tell you the only people who really think like this are us and Broncos fans, probably, that this is a, a sus hire. Maybe um, oh. maybe Colts fans, too. But they didn't get – they lucked out. Um, <laughs> Derek Carr – okay, I'm going to give you a list of quarterbacks, and you tell me if you would take him or the other guys. Would you take Carr or Dak Prescott? No, I take Dak. Yeah, not no second thought. Carr or okay, and this is for this year, not long term. Uh, Carr or Kyler Murray. Murray. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Carr or Russell Wilson. Wilson. Carr or Matt Ryan. I take Carr on this one. I don't know, man. I don't know. I if, might... if we're talking right now, twenty twenty two, Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'm taking Carr. If we're talking Matt Ryan in his prime, no question I'm taking Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think I'd take Carr, too. All right. Kirk Cousins. I got to go with Carr on that one. (laughs) Tom Brady. I have zero faith in Kirk Cousins, man. I really do. I I think I would take uh, Carr, too. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, any of those guys. Any chance? I I would take uh, Jalen Hurts over Carr. Wow. I like his potential. I, I do. I, I like his potential a lot. And definitely not to uh, um, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you can't, I, you can't I, with a straight face say so you take him this year. No, not this year. I, I don't I don't know if I would say this year. Maybe down the line. But, uh, but the rest of those guys, no. I, I think out of anyone from that list, it would just be Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's I, – I disagree strongly. Uh, even though I like Jalen Hurts, um, I think Carr is way better. I think the Eagles would happily, happily trade him away for Derek Carr. Um, although I do like Jalen Hurts. I, I think he does have potential. But it's like – Lamar Jackson or, or, or uh, Derek Carr. Oh, Lamar Jackson easily. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. To me, it's no like – because I was going through a list of like guys you could even put against him. And it's like there's obviously guys that are above him, like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, um, I think Justin Herbert. Um, oh, no question. Yeah. I, obvious guys. And then there's obviously guys that are below him, like that whole Jameis tier we got. Um, no, no. And I, I think I threw in Dak, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson just to see how you'd if you thought any different, but I think they're also in a tier above him. So it's like, yeah. there's like this elite tier of guys, the, the best of the best. And then I think there's that like 
second tier of guys where it's like the Dax, the Russell Wilsons today, the Russell Wilsons, like Matthew Stafford's probably in that second tier. Um, I don't think Justin Herbert's in the first tier yet, but he could get there. And then it's like a tier that's just Derek Carr, where he's like clearly ahead of the next group of guys to me, um, but clearly behind the tier above him. So he's one of the more interesting quarterbacks. And like, yeah, if if the team sucks this year, I think he will get traded. But I don't know. I, I, I think I think he's good. I think he's proven enough. And it wouldn't shock me if if it does go bad this year and he gets traded, if he kind of has like a little Matthew Stafford type deal. Now, I don't know about winning the Super Bowl, but like showing that it was more on the situation than on him. I don't know. Um Here's a fun stat. This is the most fun stat we're ever going to say on this podcast. The Rams are 4-1 against the Raiders in the last five matchup. The point differential is 105 in favor of the Rams. Uh, in their last two matchups, the Rams have won by a combined score of 85-13. to 13. Damn. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that seems about right. And uh, couldn't be happier. Yeah, the 2018 we played them, 33-13, the Rams won. Last time before that was 2014. The Rams won 52 to zero, which is just yeah, fucking amazing. What a game! That was great times. I remember that game. Every every like other year with those bad teams, we would just blow somebody out for no reason, just like end their lives. Um, we had to cheer for something, man. <laughs> just cheer for the random blowout. I. I was a little torn on this one because, you know, you, like I, like we've said, you have to pick losses at some point. I think I'm going to go with the Rams 27 to 24. I think, like, I think they're going to know that this is going to be a tough crowd and they're going to be ready for it. And I think uh, I think they're going to want to prove that they're the top dog in L.A. And I think they'll win this one in a in a tight game on a short week. Uh, what What do you got here? I, I honestly don't think the Raiders are as good as people are suggesting they are. Um, I, I think that obviously they're going to be improved from the previous year, but I, I just, I don't think that they're good enough to be on the same level as the Rams. And in the end, I feel like the Rams are just going to come out and dominate. I, I feel like the Rams are going to win 38, 17 here. Uh, Cause I don't think we talk, we're going to talk about any of these teams anymore. So like looking at the Vegas odds, um, some of these are crazy. Give me like okay, so the Eagles are plus twenty five hundred and the Raiders are plus four four thousand. Who who would you think is gonna be better this year? I would say the Eagles. I don't know. I think the Raiders would be better. Um, but I, it's I close. Mean, both of them are kind of interesting teams. Because they both have potential in a lot of different areas, uh, but I I really like the uh, the Eagles' offense, uh, particularly the addition of AJ Brown. I think that that's just yeah, that's just freaking monumental, man. Yeah, I love AJ Brown. And, and while you can make the argument, well, technically they have Devonte Adams. That goes back to my argument: Would I rather have Jalen Hurts or, or Derek Carr? And I I really think the potential is there for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Browns are plus three thousand, but that's a waste of time. The Titans yep. plus thirty five hundred. So I think the Titans are better, but I think I I, I like I I cannot I don't see where where the Titans do make any noise in the playoffs anymore. 
Um, and I think the Raiders have a higher ceiling, even. The, but the Titans have a much are much safer to be better. But what do you think? Oh yeah, I, I think the Titans will still be a, a good team. Uh, I, I think that you know teams are overlooking them, or, or not teams, but people are overlooking them a little bit. But at the same time, I don't think they got any better this offseason. And quite frankly, I thought it was stupid to trade away A.J. Brown. But that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I would have paid him if I were them. Um, yeah. You know, theoretically, you've got a new quarterback coming in at some point. Uh, I don't know how much longer Tannehill has there. Be better to have A.J. Brown than not have him. The yeah, Cardinals no are plus 3,500. I think the Raiders are better than the Cardinals. I would agree with that. Yeah, because the the Cardinals just—it's really hard to to identify what the Cardinals actually are. They have some really talented players, and you know that's something to consider. But I don't—I feel like they don't do a good enough job making you know the talent that they do have work. And part of that is the coaching. So they're they're they like we said the Saints are like the highest variance team. I think the Cardinals might be second, um, but I don't really see a world where they're like a dumpster fire. And the Saints definitely no. could be a dumpster fire. Um, the the Saints are plus four thousand. They're the same odds as the Raiders. I feel like that's insane. And the Dolphins are also in that group. And I don't understand how the Saints are in that group. I like those teams are like I'm I'm not like Dolphins guy but I think both of those teams are clearly better than the Saints unless Tua is just a fucking disaster which is possible that's, that's kind of you know I I'm not gonna lie I still think that Tua has a lot of potential but until he actually proves something how can you legitimately say that the Dolphins are a better team than, like, say, the Cardinals. Well, the, the, I don't... the Cardinals have higher odds, and, yeah, I think I would say the Cards are better. But, um, yeah. like, I feel like the Saints are just way worse in this, than this group. They can be. They they certainly can be. And and I think, again, it has, it has a lot to do with the what-ifs. Like, uh, again, is Michael Thomas going to be Michael Thomas and on the field? You know, uh... <laughs> You know, these what-ifs are, are going to be the biggest difference here. Yeah, like, even if, if Tua is, like, improves a little bit, like a normal progression, but not, like, a leap that he really needs to take, I still think they're better than the Saints. I don't know. I just, I just don't think the Saints are good. Um, even though I said all that stuff, like, I think it's crazy that they have the same Super Bowl odds as the Dolphins and Raiders. I don't hate the Raiders at plus 4,000 in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to bet it. But there's a clearly a high ceiling. Like, I, 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 again, I don't believe in Josh McDaniels, but like, if he is what he's hyped up to be, they should be a good team. They're they're plus uh, they're plus six hundred fifty to win the division, which is nuts to me. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Well, let me let me read you the division odds because like. For example, like just so I could show like variance in division odds. Our division, the Rams are plus one twenty five, the Forty Nineers are plus one fifty, the Cardinals are plus four hundred, and then the Seahawks are plus eighteen hundred. So like, 
the Cardinals are a step behind the Rams and Niners, but like not bad. Like I, I personally, if I wanted to make a bet on this division, I think the Cardinals are the best bet because you can win a little money. But then the this, this division, the Raiders division, is the Chiefs plus under seventy five, the Chargers plus two twenty, the Broncos plus two sixty, and then the Raiders plus six hundred fifty. Like I just think it's crazy that the Raiders are basically triple the odds of the Broncos. Like I don't think they're that. I I I might think they're better than the Broncos. <sighs> we've that watched enough. Hard. We've watched enough of Russell Wilson. Like, and we'll talk about Denver next week. But like. We've watched enough of Russell Wilson to know there's a lot of variables there. I mean, they're close, but, like, the gap that Vegas is giving here is insane to me. Uh, I do think the Chiefs and Chargers are clearly one and two in the division, but... Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I am just high on the Raiders for no reason. Uh, no, I mean, it, it's it's one of the more unpredict, uh, unpredictable divisions. There's no question. But at the same time, it's like... <sighs> The Chiefs and, or I mean the the Raiders and the the Broncos. There's a lot to appreciate about both teams. But one of the X factors that I'm kind of giving the Broncos is while they may not have the best offensive line in football, I like it light years ahead of uh, uh of the Seahawks. Yeah, and, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does with a real line and the, exactly and a that's, lot of talent that's around the him. biggest difference. If what happens when Russell Wilson is not running for his life every single down, you know, that's that's what I'm looking at here. If you give Russell Wilson time, I feel like Russell Wilson can be a damn good quarterback in the NFL. And if he's even well half as hey, good John, as he was in his, he has proven enough that he's a damn good quarterback in the NFL. That's true. That's true. But I, I mean, you really can't deny that his production went way south in in the last couple of years, and I, I don't think that's all his fault. I think that's the Seahawks, you know, uh, front office not investing in the right type of players. You know, particularly, I don't know, protecting your coveted franchise quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it'll like. You know, I, I I just said what I said about Russell Wilson. It also wouldn't shock me if the guy won MVP this year, because like he. Uh, added... No. What'd you say? No, I mean it wouldn't shock me. Because yeah, yeah. He he has, and that's the other thing too is he has weapons. He has he has a good offense. Uh, well, he has a decent offensive line, and he has damn good weapons. I would say maybe yeah. not that the same tier as the Seahawks, but I mean. Give and take here. I mean, at least he's not going to be running for his life every down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, on his best day, he is one of, if not the best quarterback in the league. Uh, and he's a first bow Hall of Famer for a reason. All right, so after, with four games left, I think we both have the Rams 10-3? and three? Yeah. Right? Um, you, you picked the Chiefs to win too, right? Uh, yes, yes, I did. Okay, just double-checking. All right. So next week we'll hit uh, the Packers, Broncos, Chargers, and then the Seahawks again. Uh, I did want to leave you with this, Johnny, because I saw, saw this headline. It was funny. There's an interview where Ezekiel said he's not feeling pressure over his contract or his future with the Cowboys. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. He's making, like, $12 million to be one of the most 
middling starting running backs in the league. I wouldn't feel pressure either. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is, what is he? You think this guy's going to hold out? Like, <laughs> obviously he's not worried about that. No, I mean, if anything, the only, the only people should, you know, be worried is Jerry Jones. He's made, like, it, it, well, he's made so much money and even if they do cut him or restructure him next year, like somebody's going to pay him seven or eight million dollars. At least, you know, like we'll see. Like, I don't, I don't really in today's market, I don't envision him getting eight figures on the open market, but like he's going to, he's going to get paid. Somebody's going to say, I mean, Todd Gurley, I think when he left got $7 million and was pretty clearly cooked. Although I think I'd rather have Tony Pollard, to be honest. I, I, I am not. So many people are in the Tony Pollard camp. I'm not in it. I am not on the Tony Pollard bandwagon. I, you know, I, I think we something that needs to be clear is maybe Tony Pollard isn't the, you know, top running back or anything like that. But it just shows my lack of faith in, in Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, Zeke, I think. I heard it on a, the fantasy footballers today. He finished top, I think he was running back six in fantasy last year and only had a top five performance once. So he just like middled his way to the top because he just never got hurt and he got some goal line work and he just kept getting the ball. <laughs> he middled his way. <laughs> like it, was, it was the clear volume versus talent situation. Like he had the volume, not who he was, just got it done. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back next week. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the show. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Cervera, at Johnny596, at TalkRams. We'll talk to you guys soon. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet.